0: Welcome Welcome to to Power of of X-Men, the greatest greatest comic book podcast in all of of the multiverse. multiverse.
1: Holy frack! We got Geekable in the Power of X-Men Treehouse. What began on their podcast continues here. This is two of two, so go check out part one on the Geekable podcast. We get to talk about all things X with Geekable today. You're going to hear about their legendary interviews with Art Adams, Kelly Thompson, Bob Quinn, among many others. Also, you're going to hear who their favorite and least favorite X-Men are. And they kind of talk to us about how Kevin Feige has impacted the editorial office. So excited to share this episode. Let's dive in.
0: During the whole making of X-Men and the
1: casting of X-Men, I was there in the production office. Remember, you don't need to scream for help when banshees are around. Was it supposed to be Jean or was it supposed to be Madeline? I drew that image and a deliberate hint at things to come. What makes Marvel Legends so special?
0: Just the partnership with Marvel, you know, continuing to work with Jesse Falcon. This is your special guest host, Mr.
1: Sinister. (laughs) <laughs> you know you would never put storm in a ponytail that would be We're weird good, but that we would be weird an <laughs> but giving it to Jean
2: kind of made her the girl next door that everybody could talk to
0: when i met stan he was very gracious and and, and very kind
1: this is the power of x-men podcast i am your host day spring hope you survive the experience i'm having a moment right now I have the incredible humans from Geekable in the house. Nick and Anas, what's going on?
2: Thank you for having us. We're we're really excited about this. This is part two. We just did our first little parter on our show, and we were so happy to have you on. And now we're honored to be on your show. So thank you for having us. Yes,
0: and honored is an understatement. I know I gassed you up before, but like your page, Power of X-Men, like that is the community and if you're not a part of it you're like not in the now and you all need to like yeah you're not in the 411 as yeah they no start. you're not yeah <laughs> so please you know so I no seriously big fan big fan um and it's just it's awesome doing this with you part one was fun let's kill it in part two I mean
1: this is this is just this is what I love talking about BB no. we're gonna kill it so hard in this part two that not even the five could resurrect us <laughs> Oh, I'm with power of X-Men. All right. Oh, yeah. I, uh, no, 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 no. You, you all have like come out of the gate screaming. Geekable is an amazing podcast. I said this on the previous episode, part one, that Art Adams interview is next level. What you all are doing. It's insane. And it's by the way, for folks at home, Starting a podcast is so incredibly difficult and the amount of energy and time that goes into oh it gosh, right. and you all have come out and you're just so great. Like it, it's almost like you all have been doing this for years. How did how did geekable? come I, out? I don't know. I don't I oh
0: don't, my gosh, hold on
2: along with it.
0: Our origin story is so just like Z list movie, terrible, bad. <laughs> I was in the car one day and I we we communicate through WhatsApp. And I was like, Hey, like I, he had told me he wants to get into YouTube and do stuff. And I was like, I kind of want to do the same. And I was like, you know, you're a close friend of mine and I could see myself working well with you. You know, your shit. I know my shit. Let's get together and just make a podcast. And they was like, yes, we're doing that. I need to, we need this. And the rest is history. And I literally said in the text, I was like, like, this is the worst origin story of all time. (laughs) And I was like, well, can we so redo random. this? Can we redo this? And, uh, but anyway, that's, you know, we, we talk all the time and uh, it was only a matter of time. But, you know, we had these comic talks for every once a week. We'd sit down and just talk about comics and, you know, what we liked and what we didn't. And so that's how this kind of manifested. You know, it's, it's been great.
2: We do our mini reviews. We call each other up. We have like an hour long conversation where I'm just like, Walking around the house and being like, "Oh, did you read this issue? Did you pick up this issue? Oh, you're not reading Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. What are you doing?" And then we just... <laughs> that <laughs> and is no it. one ever. <laughs> that is yeah. <laughs> I, I am a huge Ryan North fan, so oh, don't come for me. But yeah, we we, we would just these calls over and over again. And we were just like, we should just broadcast this at this point. Like we should just have it be out there. And then the ball just kept rolling. I reached out to, um, you know, Bob Quinn, Sina Grace, Maureen Gu, and the guests just kept coming. And I'm like, how are these people saying yes? We're nobody's. We're We're literally just starting out. And these amazing creators are saying yes to us. And it's mind blowing. And today we just managed to get Christopher Sabella to get to come on the show. And we're so excited.
1: (laughs) So excited for you all. Thank you. But no, I, I would never say you all are nobodies. Like the <laughs> podcast is incredible. And we've had Cena Grace on a mm, few yeah. times. Yeah, so what we saw. An amazing, huge. Oh my movie. gosh.
0: Nicest person. Oh. oh my gosh. Nicest. That's what makes the show special. It's meeting people like yourself and just building the sense of community. And it really like, rises us up. And it's just, yeah. it's just a, feel good culture is really what I bl- all boils down to is what I would call it, you know?
2: I mean, More- as, as comic book fans, we're all like kind of like on the outside, really, we're not like a huge community We're we're getting fewer numbers. So it's nice to have this and meeting new people who are just as passionate about the things that we are and just becoming friends with them and getting to know them better. And yeah, so I'm just very thankful that we've cultivated this small kind of community and it's growing.
1: Hold up though. Um, How did you all meet?
2: Okay. Uh Nick, you can take this one. Okay. It was a dark,
0: stormy night. But not <laughs> <laughs> so I wish it was that dramatic. No. So uh and and Nas and I we we um you know we both curated an app of about I'm gonna throw a number out. I think it was like eighty
2: thousand users. Yeah, we got to around eighty thousand users. Yeah, which was, what was very the name good.
1: Of what was the uh name? Comics Amino. Hmm. I feel like I've heard of it.
2: Before. Yeah, I was going to say you,
0: I feel like for some reason you probably would have, um, but it's, it's, it is a great app and uh, you know, it's continued on into other things, but um, you know, what really made it special was it was indie comics, DC comics, Marvel comics, any kind of comic Everything. people making comics, people making art, just all kinds of fun, goofy stuff. Um, and unfortunately, uh, you know, we worked on it for a great time. Uh, you know, I would like to think that the work we did on the app was, was great. We really helped the community. Yeah, we, we really you know? did. Yeah, help, we went um, above and beyond.
2: Yeah. yeah we, 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 put, I mean, I was in university back then. I had so much time on Me my too. Head. Yeah. I literally had this entire thing called comic industry game where it was like a five week long challenge where people would have to like participate and come up with stories and pitches and, Art and it was like a whole thing. And I had so much time to just sit down and write all that up. And it was all on my phone. I, yeah, good times. I had so much (laughs) time. But
0: yeah, but long story short, basically... Um, they started funding Marvel Amino instead of mm-hmm. Comics Amino. Mm. Um, yeah, sad. Um, and so that uh, they pretty much kicked us in the dirt and, um, and uh, it just started really going downhill. People weren't using the app anymore. Yeah, people were, were like migrating to
2: Marvel Amino because it was more active and their content would get more appreciation and support there. So they felt more seen. And mm-hmm. so everyone just migrated to Marvel Amino, which grew up, you know, grew amazingly. And I'm, I have some yeah. friends who still use it and, you know, it's a great app. But Comics Amino you know, did suffer the consequences and it got to a point where we had like barely any active users left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But cool. I know. So yeah. then- that's the
0: origin. That's the tragic origin. And we just stayed in touch through Instagram and stuff, because you can stay in touch these days.
2: Yeah. <laughs> all world. We never met in real life. Mm-hmm. I am originally from Syria. Nick is from Boston. We've literally never met, but we were I would I consider Nick to be a close of mine.
1: How often do you all talk?
2: Every, series, every day, I would say, yeah, I would every, say single every single day. day, we're a constant communication. <laughs> I would say I know his time, the time difference. So I'm like, I text him in the morning. I'm like, okay, he's gonna reply, like 2 p.m. when he wakes up.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What is one thing you have learned from the other? I'm curious. Ooh,
2: I, I like know. these questions. That's my oh my, that's god, my god! Yeah.
1: that's I my like Oprah these. question. You're on Power <laughs> of X Men. There are two things we're known about on Power of X Men. One. <laughs> I am a drunk, and two we ask Oprah questions. We ask the deep questions. I
0: like the Oprah. Quest. I like that. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm. This is something to remember. Um, <laughs> one thing I've definitely learned from, uh, you know, us is, is just appreciating, you know, all sorts, mostly indie books. Because I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll fully admit like, I'm pretty much all Marvel like. 99 percent marvel um okay. and so you know he's opened up my eyes and definitely made me a more well well-rounded person uh like just in in general because indie stuff really opens your eyes yeah and you know you've really done that and i'm so thankful for it like i i'm so appreciative of the fact that you've done that
2: so so sweet <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> nick has also really grown my knowledge in terms of marvel because i read a lot of indie stuff and i haven't. You know, I haven't always had access to comic books coming from Syria. I just could, whatever I could get my hands on, I would read it. And so most of my stuff, most of my reading is done online now. I read digitally exclusively because getting comics where I am right now is completely very difficult. There's shipping prices and everything. So Nick is always there to fill in the gaps with like characters that I may not be familiar with or storylines from the past Nick has read like so much stuff from the 80s and the 70s and the 90s, where I was like not really that big on. So I always get Nick is my reference point to everything. He's like my encyclopedia.
1: Oh, I love that. (laughs) So wait, let me let me ask a more general, less Oprah-y question. (laughs) What is your favorite era of comics? And honest, we can start with you. Um
2: gosh. Uh, this is controversial but this is because maybe it's the era that i grew up with but i would say like early 2000s early aughts like that was when i started getting into comics and reading on a weekly basis and so i i I have a soft spot for that era so when you say early 2000s do you mean morrison or do you grant morrison and new x-men that's when i got into it astonishing x-men joss very problematic apparently oh uh, but i enjoyed yeah. that run you know kitty pride facing a
1: bullet through earth was like the What's moment uh, well when emma is like um i can help you kitty i can help you like not yeah. be afraid and kitty is like no i'd rather feel it are you disappointed in me miss frost and and emma says astonish right but yo, yeah. I I interviewed Joss Whedon when I was at Wizard. He is a dick. No like No. I'm so I have come to terms with Astonishing X-Men. I loved Astonishing X-Men when it was being published. Too. Joss Whedon ruined it for me when I was at Wizard, and he was a major D-bag he, to me. What
0: did he do? I have a bad experience with a creator that I am don't mind sharing, and I am happy to share oh, after, well, after this.
1: that's going to be the next follow-up question. <laughs> yeah, well... So I talked about this with the Wizards uh, podcast, and I'm actually doing a Wizard reunion in, I think, a week. Oh, wow. but it, what happened was I was given a script to ask Joss Whedon. So the way it worked at Wizard, or at least specifically for this interview, was a clipboard went around with the entire editorial team, and you list all the questions you want to ask a creator. Previously, I had pitched an idea of like the ABCs of Joss Whedon, and the senior editor there was like, oh, let me see if I can get Joss for this. I'm going to talk to the publicist or no, Noseki. Okay. I don't know who, who who he was talking to. But so they were able to get Joss. I mm-hmm. had the interview. It was my pitch. I was not senior enough, but it happened that it was. And one of the questions that I was given in my script was to ask Joss about Wonder Woman at the time, because it was rumored that he was going to be writing you know, and directing Wonder Woman. So I asked, who would you cast as Wonder Woman I think that was a question something like that and Joss got so angry he started saying something like Joss Whedon angry argh! Joss Whedon smash like talking in third person as a the Hulk I thought I thought BB was just joking I was just like ha ah, this is really weird like the creator of Buffy the creator of like I don't know Firefly you know, Blade, you know did Blade. Yeah. Dollhouse like Astonishing X-Men is talking to me in third person as if they are the hulk i'm like i don't even know how to deal with deal with this but i was like ha ha, ha. and then we moved on in the interview well the oh next day next day i found out they got really angry he complained about me to the then uh x-men senior editor nick lowe who i was friends with when i worked at marvel and I tried to get a job in the ex office back then. <laughs> so Nick Lowe got really angry and was like, Well, Paul Flores, like, why was he the one doing the interview for Joss Whedon? He's like this 22 year old kid. And so I, 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 there was an editorial meeting where they had to talk about me, and like, it was really contentious. Um. So, fuck you i didn't even ask a contentious question it was like just a natural oh question I, to ask someone. right i
0: was gonna say maybe you said but no there was
1: the only thing i can surmise about that experience was that maybe i just was so green i was like probably very timid and very respectful where i was like oh mr whedon what do you i i would never have said that but something like that but um I don't know. Maybe I was very timid. Maybe my timidness came across as being a little bit more arrogant or standoffish, you,
0: but you never know. But you know, knowing you, I'm definitely giving you the benefit of well, it. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: I, 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 it's, I'm a little older since then. And <laughs> <laughs> I refined my interview skills, but um, wait, Nick, I want to hear, I want to hear what your contentious story is with the creator. It's
0: actually with someone who has a, 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 a reputation of being an amazing artist and creator, but also, other things um so you know I want to throw that out there if you're a fan of this person of course Oh God. Nice. um but I was I I had met uh Rob Liefeld
2: oh, <laughs> oh I've heard this story yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, say yes, no I, I know where
2: this is Yeah. say no yes
0: you, hey amazing person in the industry I, I'm not taking anything away from the things he's done he's he sells books his name sells books he's put in the work. Yeah. Yeah, he's done his dues, Uh, but I was at a con in Rhode Island. I'm from Boston. For those of you listening, I'm from Boston, mass born and raised. But um, yeah, I went to Rhode Island Comic Con. Oh, God, I couldn't even give you a year. Uh, I don't know, but we're just going to run with this. Probably five or six years ago now. And I was with my brother and we were in line and we knew he was going to be there. So my brother brought his first appearance of Cable. And yeah, great book to be signed. And, um, and it was a second printing too. It was just kind of like a, he was like, yeah, I'll get it signed. Sure. So we went, I brought like some issues in my Deadpool. He brought some, uh, an X Factor. So we, we became prepared to meet him. It was great. Um, so we were there and he was like, hey, uh, him and his agent were sitting there and we're like, yeah, hey, we have some books to be signed. And he was like, oh yeah, I just upped my price to $70 per book. And we were like, okay, okay, $70 per book. I was like, I can't really pay for that. This was like me six years ago. I was like, oh. So um, we are walking away and his agent was like, hey, yeah, we need, um, you know, we, we you know, we beforehand, that, that wasn't the price. And that's why I was caught off guard. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, like, so my brother was like, hey, like, it was, it was said that this was going to be the price, you know, is there by the change up? And um, he looked at my brother's comic Rob looked at my brother's comic and was like, You think I would actually like pay anything less than $70 to sign your second printing?
1: Oh.
0: And I was like,
1: Why?
0: I know. Very, very Um, just insulting.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. Very
0: insulting. Yeah. It was just, it was just a bad moment that is for everyone involved.
1: (laughs) Have you all been. To one of his live streams or one of his insta lives I stay away from he literally has had people on and he's here like oh you say I can't draw feet ha ha you know what fuck you man anyways so I'm selling this cover you know what man no I'm gonna block you let me find your name there ah Blocked. Whoa. Thing, like it's insane. Yeah. And yeah
0: Planet X-Men and all those people, they are blocked by him. I saw, I, you said that the other day too, that he blocks, he like will block people. Like he just,
1: yeah, it's insane. You know, I, I've, I proudly eat my words with this. I have said, I have liked his podcast. I think his podcast is very informative, but it's a very problematic, you know, creator. I eat my words because it's not, yeah. it, it, it's not someone who has, the best interest of every community member out there. Mm -hmm. And
0: um, we are not the only people. I mean, I I've met others that have like met him and they've had like, you know, similar kind of experiences. Cause at first I literally, he was like, I was like, this is Rob Liefel. He must be having the worst day of his life. Like my brother was so mad, but I was like, you know, these cons, you know, they're stressful. I was giving him every benefit. And then I started learning and I was like, yeah, this is just kind of,
2: how it works you can only it's extend safe. so much kindness to people before you realize that they don't they haven't earned that
0: definitely yeah so
2: that's my story hopefully
0: and that's you know maybe i did get them at a bad day but yeah that's my little
1: story <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. let me ask a, a more uplifting question let's let's change the <laughs> <some> tide here <sighs> i want to know favorite x character
2: that's like asking me to choose my favorite child i have no children but if i had children i'm
1: asking you to pick your favorite child right now okay right off the bat like if i was just yeah. first name to come to
2: mind come kitty on pride. chris jenner i'm sorry what was it <laughs> kitty pride <laughs> kitty pride <laughs> okay right? kitty yeah, that's like the first name that pops into my mind why i growing up i read of her early appearances and she was that new student at the xavier school so they used her like narratively speaking she was always that new character that would introduce the new readers to the concept of the x-men and everything because she was learning everything along with the readers and so i grew up reading okay. a lot of kitty pride and i loved her I, you know, I'm a huge fan of the canceled Pride of the X-Men animated series. I love it.
1: I love Pride of the X-Men. We've had Larry Houston on this podcast twice. I have always said, why did Pride of the X-Men? The towing animation was beautiful. Yeah, I, I love that pilot so much. I, I watched it every
2: now and then. I'm, yeah, and again, Astonishing X-Men really helped grow my love for her and appreciation for her as a character. Oh, yeah. And then seeing her grow up into the amazing character that she became Ugh. now with like X Men Gold when she was like running the school, running the ship, and now with the Marauders, I just—I was going to say Kate.
0: Marauders yeah. is like badass Kate, like she's cool. And Kate is like
2: yeah. one of the my favorite characters ever.
1: I wasn't sold on X Men Gold. I wasn't per either. Say I don't like her. Let me talk to your manager, Karen Haircut, <laughs> in there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, for me, it's really hard to see a character like Kitty be the head of the school when you have someone like Storm who virtually has no plot. That was like mm-hmm. my only grievance with it. And I think the focus on the yesterday's X-Men, I believe that's what they were called, was was was, was so prevalent that I don't, I, I struggled to find Kitty's purpose. And then she was in Outer Space with Peter Qu- Quill? Yeah, I don't like oh, that no. era. I I was that. Sure. Oh, that's that's. That I'm sorry, yeah, that's I before. Like that's that. before. I'm sorry, I'm getting my my history mixed up here a little bit. But yeah. I I love Kitty as the the young ingenue who knows more than everyone around them, and she has been able to transcend sort of like these micropolitics. That's why I think Marauders works so well, and I'm so yeah. excited to see where she's going in Marauders.
2: Me too. What about you, Nick? yeah. my
0: boy, boy my boy warren worthington the third oh yes. <laughs> why warren? the most because he's a beautiful he's an angel he's a beautiful person beautiful <laughs> figure beautiful just the wings just everything about him but he's so messed up on the inside and it's just like this character can go anywhere and it's just like you don't know Oh, he's just, and he's so just like badass and deadly, but so kind and gentle. And I wish he was getting a little more love in Krakoa um, for sure. That's one of my things. I I wish he was definitely getting a little more attention. Um, And I I just, I, I flocked to the character pun intended.
1: What (laughs) what do you think of X-Corp?
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I loved the idea of
2: X-Corp. Um, I loved the idea of it when yeah, I first heard it. Yeah. Nick was telling me like cool. he was so excited. It was his most anticipated book. I was excited for Way of X because I, I'm i mm. leaning into more like the spiritual side. And Nick was like, I want to see how they go about the business industry side of it. And yeah, Nick was really excited for X Corp.
0: Yeah. And I, I still, I love it a lot, but I think um, it just didn't, I didn't, the plot isn't good enough for me in I'm going to elaborate on that because that's a big statement to make, but it was just kind of like, um, how do I say it? I'm trying to like really structure this, but I'm just <laughs> going to say it because I'm going to say we, it. Um, we, just, we can fix anything in post. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, 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 I like I just kind of didn't really feel the narrative of where the story was going. I didn't really know what to pay attention to the most. I didn't know what to invest in you know, I I see them and they're like flying spaceship and I'm like, where are not spaceship? Yeah. Spaceship. We'll call it. spaceship. And I'm like, I don't really know where this is going. I don't really know what the whole point of having, you know, accumulating the five people is because the series is over in five issues. Where are they going from now? Uh, I just lack an investment hook. Um, personally, I, I love the characters involved, but um, and I love the talk. I love the business talk. I find that so interesting, especially when it's tied to Krakoa. But yeah, ultimately, um, it was just an investment thing. I just, what, it just didn't captivate me.
2: For me, I the just- only thing that's captivating about X Corp is Jamie because I'm a huge Multiple Man fan. I, yeah, I love Jamie Madrick so much. I, my favorite, like X book, I would say one of the top three for me is x factor yes oh, i was about yeah. to ask you about oh, x, factor. Hell yeah. oh, x factor yeah i love x factor i remember when i was reading it for the first time i was texting nick like after every issue i'm like this is so good like oh, have you read this expect the unexpected yeah wait, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah.
1: it's a really good run and but so i fell your, in love with did your face crack after siren had the baby oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness my face crack of the century
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's a, such a good book and I'm I'm so happy to see that so many of that like that era crossed over to Krakoa now with like yeah. Siren and Polaris and like their history together it's just really good stuff so what is I mean I don't personally know this but we've mentioned this on our podcast that you love
1: Maddie so is Madeline Pryor your favorite
2: hmm. x-men
1: character I I like Madeline quite a bit. My favorite X character is actually our God Queen Jean Grey. I knew of you. Of that. it's I Jean knew. Grey, and I love Jean in the White Hot Room as White Phoenix. And that's such a contentious thing to say because technically she dead. Girl, yeah. she's dead, girl. She's <laughs> dead when she's when she's in the White Hot Room. But I think I love Jean being emblematic of what being a mutant can do for a, an, in, a, an individual and where it can take them and that she can ascend the, the mortal coil. Mm-hmm. I love Scott and Emma together. I think that's a relationship that's beautiful. Oh, thanks to Jean who pushed them to be together at the end of new X-Men to here comes tomorrow. And I thought Phoenix end Song was a beautiful story. That being said though, I would have liked to have seen more of Jean in the White Hot Room. We kind of got her back in Phoenix Resurrection, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and you know I'm curious about Matthew Rosenberg's perspective on that. But maybe maybe someone's going to ask him questions about that. I don't know. We'll at a future there, <laughs> <laughs> right there. But I love I love Jean. Jean from a young age, I think you know spoke to me and and to give you guys a little bit more context and yeah, the please. situation I grew up in in Miami I was I grew up in Miami during the 80s early 90s on Calle Ocho with my abuela like it was during the cocaine wars like my deal, God rest his soul was like transporting like cocaine you know wow. like it was a really rough situation and I could go to the comic book store with my primo and we would just collect the the cards. I've talked about this at nauseum. The Fleer Ultra cards, and we could read comic books. And my primo really saw the X Men as, as just heroes, but I saw something a little bit more. I saw the mutant metaphor there, and all the mm-hmm. other boys that I had to you know go to school with, <laughs> and you know would talk about Wolverine popping his claws and like Cyclops shooting his laser. I saw Wolverine as a very tormented soul. I saw Cyclops as someone who couldn't control his mutant abilities. They saw Rogue as the babe, and I was like, no, Rogue can't touch another human being. How funny yeah. is that? So the X-Men spoke so much to me. And then when I got to Jean, it was this person who was perceived as the underdog, especially in the animated series, like very weak. But Definitely. She, actually, she was actually the strongest among them. And she was so strong that she was able to ascend into the cosmos with the Phoenix. So it just, you know, little gay boy on gallo Ocho growing up in Miami, like it just spoke, very profoundly to me at a certain point in my life. So that's, Um, I love that. Ah.
2: I (laughs) think that's why the X-Men I think speak to a lot of us is because they do represent a lot of marginalized minorities. And we just, we, we, we we connect with that, you know, on a certain level, some way or the other, everyone has their own, um thing and it just that touches a lot of close yeah. it, it, it it hits home for me
0: too, well. you know what i'm gonna say something bold real quick and i always say this do you think there's a story out there for everyone that would get any person in the world into comics i truly believe that yes Ooh. absolutely I, I really do i really do
2: i think if you're unfamiliar with the with the medium it's there, there isn't that one book that's going to get you into it because I've tried, trust me, I've tried. <laughs> I've, I've tried so many people to get them into comic books, but if they, you know, if, I think it's about growing up with the medium. And Kelly Thompson talked about this when she um, she had her little project where she would send comics to people of varying levels of experience with comic books, and she always found that the older you get, if you have never had much contact with the medium or knew how to read comic books, you would fail to enjoy them no matter how good the story is.
1: But don't you think that what's so brilliant right now with the MCU, though, is that you don't even need to be a comic book fan to relate to someone like True. Captain America or oh, Black Panther the or Captain it. Marvel. Like, yeah. the MCU has introduced comics in such a bold, new way. And, you know, comic book sales, it's kind of hard to track them post-pandemic because of the number and everything that happened with DC and Diamond, so I can't really yes. track them. But, like, comic book sales aren't as big as like other industries let's just put it out there but the MCU that's huge and like there I talk to people all the time who have never read a single comic book in their life but they are obsessed with Wanda for example Mm -hmm. or or Black Panther or Captain America and I don't know so when you know if if we're going to pose the question is there is there a story out there within the comic universe that can appeal to any reader? My initial reaction is to say yes. However, if we're talking about it, about it in a comic book format. Yeah. I mean, listen, some people don't like to read. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. I, that's I that's used true. to, I Even used when they're pictures, oh, yeah. even though when they're pictures,
0: yeah. you know what I think you might be. I mean, I used to hate reading as a kid and I would only like read comics and my mom and dad were just like, just give them comics, give them comics. he will read them. Just give it to them. And so I would just chew those I'd watches a comics. And, um, but I don't know, I, I kind of stick to my guns a little bit. I don't know. I feel like there really truly is like, you know, all these emotional characters and everyone's pretty emotional. I think, you know, there's an attachment that could be made with, with anyone, but I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know.
2: Um, I wanted to ask, because you said you loved you know, the relationship between Jean uh, and Scott. How do you feel about the little triangle with Wolverine entering the relationship now? Oh, and I would
0: <laughs> like, love to know your thoughts on this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I, to be very clear, I love Scott with Emma. I think Scott and Emma together work so well. I love the extinction storyline, the Messiah complex storyline with them rising together and, and saving mutants. How do I feel about the thruple relationship with Wolverine, Cyclops, and Jean? I love it. I think it is a tired trope that two men need to fight for the affection, right? Of a literally woman. fight, literally. Get <laughs> <Run laughs> it out the door. Like, and by the way, you take a basic queer theory class in college, basically two men are fighting over a woman for a woman. And it's really them just having a hard on for each other, trying to one up the other guy. Like, so I think what they're doing with that, I did Hickman introduce it. Yeah. Hickman introduced me. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm all for it. I think it's it was very tired to see them, you know, go back and forth about Jean. Although there were some great moments, like I think during Schism when uh, Cyclops says, like, you know, she never loved you. You always scared her. And then Wolverine pops his claws and he's here like, well, if she was here right now, who would she be more afraid of? Beautiful yep. drama. However, that being said, I acknowledge it's an antiquated way of telling a story, especially if we're opening up the comic book genre to a whole new generation of readers okay. who are not thinking in those binary terms anymore. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad the trope is gone. All that being said, though, I want Jean by herself. I don't. I I want Jean. She's a strong, we... independent
2: woman. She doesn't need a man. But like, oh, well, she doesn't how need. It. When she I was leading X Men Reds, that exactly. Was- oh X-Men yeah, Red. that was X-Men good. X Red was That was, was my book. next question for you.
0: Did you like X Men Red? Because yeah. that's
1: yeah. I'm like my head is spinning, and I did not like X Men Red. I loved X Men Red. I loved X Men yeah. yeah. Red. Was such a phenomenal Ugh. book. It was shout genuine. out Tom Taylor. Oh, Beautiful. I love Tom Taylor. Tom, love Taylor. Taylor, Tom Taylor, if you're listening, please answer my DMs. We <laughs> hey, would love to have you on Geekable well. <laughs> Tom Taylor. We'll genius. do a crossover, next crossover idea. <laughs> yeah, But Ugh. I thought X-Men Red was so great. It was an ideologically mm-hmm. driven book. It was, a, I think, the foundation for Krokoa. So I, I love Gene in that capacity. I think in the Hickman era, I have some problems with Jean being in that costume. I know it's supposed to be that symptomatic well, of her. Yeah.
0: There's going to be, there's a reveal about that. Well, not a reveal, but there's a reason for it. According to him, I don't really know what that is. But is. He's
1: been saying that for two years. Yeah, no, I know. No, it's no, like, no. you gotta,
0: I agree with you. I agree. You gotta really lay like it that out costume. there. I don't it just, think anyone does really. Well,
1: here's the thing. So Jordan D white said it was because she's rejecting the Phoenix. Fine. Um, hickman said it's because oh why would she be wearing that think about the last time she wore that right right when, which w- yeah which was one though pre-phoenix pre-
0: okay that's what he's that's what he means because that could mean a number of things that's why i was like really that's the kind of like thing you're going for but, but okay. if they're
1: gonna say that gene was has backed up because we know mutants can back up an earlier version of themselves. Mm-hmm. If you're going to say that Gene has backed up a pre Phoenix version of themselves, it does not line up with the continuity we've seen At Especially all. in X-Men yeah. giant size X-Men where storm and Jean show that they remember the inferno reunion they had. So mm-hmm. right there, that's post Phoenix not happening but like even from a practical sense like I'm sorry like Jean in Ten of Swords jumped into battle with all the X-Men behind her. I'm like girlfriends wearing a skirt like <laughs> yeah I know. Well- Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Like, that is no, no. Give her, give her that X Men red costume or the green and gold yeah. X Men red. What was it, co- wrong it, it, with the
2: X Men red costume exactly? It was, it was, it was so, so realistic. It was so,
1: comfortable. Yeah. It has like armor
0: kind of padding. I'm like, that is logical. That is completely, I don't, I could, I could really get into this because I think it's, she, you're a warrior. She's literally a, yeah. you know, like Daredevil wears padding because he gets hit. Like, Gene will get, does
1: get hit and she takes it, but it's, I, yeah i
0: don't rant over
1: but yeah rant over. wait i have questions for both of y'all so honest what did you think of elliot page's performance as kitty in x3 <sighs> and days of future past I, I love elliot
2: i've been a huge fan like i've I watched most of his stuff growing up and i as a fan of kitty pride I mean, I was not as big into the comics back then when I was a child. When X when X Men: The Last Stand came out, and and you like were a child, I was. Um, <laughs> Some of us were drinking age. <laughs> I was, yeah. I think I was like what nine when X Men: The Last Stand came out. I was about to say, I, I,
0: yeah, yeah, I was, I was like and nine. I remember or...
2: watching it for the first time, and there was that makeout scene with Wolverine and Jean Grey, and my mom had me cover my eyes. So I was that young. What. <laughs> i'm sorry i'm making you feel old i'm so
1: sorry (laughs) no it's totally fine i love it i was like "Ah," i was in college i drove two hours with like a wine box cooler in the back seat just to go see it
2: but yeah i loved kitty in that movie i loved the pink in the in the black costume i loved her relationship with bobby drake and, she, you know, that was part of the reason why I ended up growing, you know, growing attached to that character, wanting to read more and more about her and reading more comics with Kitty Pride in them so I could learn more. So, fan of Elliot as Kitty. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And then my next question for you, Nick, is Ben Harding or Ben Foster as Angel? <laughs> Harding. <laughs> Harding. Why?
0: Uh, I thought okay another reason why i like love angel is because he was he was neglected in the film unfortunately but like the scene that got me when his uh what is it correct me if i'm wrong the doctors are there and like yeah chained up and he just like his wings come out i remember being with my mom in the theater and she literally goes like whoa
1: but that's ben foster no that's ben foster
0: Oh my God, I'm sorry. Oh my God, I'm a
1: fake fan. Wow. Oh my no, God, I'm always <laughs> wrong. I'm always wrong. I know. I, I seriously, there's I nothing like, wrong with being wrong. There's, no, no. There's oh my God, yeah. Nothing wrong with being wrong. But anyways, continue. I'm sorry. But yes, no, no, no. That
0: in that moment, I was like, okay, that's like he's finally kind of like accepted who he is. Like this is that's power. Like yes. you know, that's power. I was like, that's that. that that's cool. Because I, you know, I'm like nine years old. I'm like I don't really know who I am yet, and this this kid who i kind of i guess looked up to in the film i was like that's that's cool i want to i want to do that and so i don't know it's just that scene and then he floats away like i think over like the golden gate bridge or wherever the movie yeah yeah and i was just
2: like yep that's i i also want to say um my only gripe with days of future past which is my favorite x-men movie is that they didn't let Kitty be the one, the integral character who would go back in time, like in the comics. But having said that, the Rogue cut is the superior way to watch that movie. That's the only way. (laughs) The only way to watch that movie,
1: simply because Kitty was there, had a bigger role, and we got to see Rogue. (laughs) I love when Anna Paquin walks in, and Kitty is there with Wolverine, and Anna just, like, touches Elliot, and Elliot falls over, and Anna's like, oh, And then like sits down and grabs Wolverine. She goes, I know, Logan, I'm here. I was like, (laughs) yes! The only thing that I hated about the road cut is that I was expecting, because we know Anna Paquin can play sassy Southern after True Blood. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they give her some sassy southernness to her character that rogue is no yeah. rogue is so
2: subtle. Yeah, rogue in the movie is yeah. so subtle.
1: I love in X1 that Rogue is a bashful 14-year-old who can't touch someone. Yeah, fine. That's that's a perfect narrative. But in X2, when she grabbed the X jet and she moved it, that was I thought at the time symbolic of her growth. Yeah. And then we get to X three. I was disappointed with her rendering there. And then Days of Future Past, I was like, Oh no. Anna Paquin has been doing True Blood. We're going to see Sookie Stackhouse, but with mutant powers. And they didn't! They didn't give us that. I I was so disappointed by it. There's
2: there's so much in the X-Men movies that really didn't live up to what the fans wanted and what we wanted to see, but... And all in all, they did help a generation of people get into X Men and fall in love yes, with these. Characters. Me included, yeah, me included yeah. as well. Like X Men One was my introduction to comic books. Like I talked about oh, this really? before in our, yeah, in our second episode. That's how I got. That's how I. It was my first superhero movie. I was watching X Men One on the TV. It was like the, the thing that got me into superheroes in the first place. And I was like, I went to my brother. and I was like, I need more content. So <laughs> help me find the comic books because I know they exist. And he ended up like downloading illegally a bunch of comics for me that (gasps) i ended up reading that's funny but we didn't have any comic book stores in syria so i had like that was the only way that i could actually read comics
1: yo what was the comic book scene like
2: there is no comic book scene no
1: comic book scene
2: nope there in in my culture comics were never a thing there are comic magazines but they have like original stories and characters like majid but yeah x-men superhero stuff that doesn't exist in syria I did end up getting a chunk of Arabic comics like that were translated. Um, when my aunt went to Dubai, she ended up bringing me some like Superman, some Batman, some Sonic, and some Archie. And I would read those over and over again. Yeah. So those are those were like, the first physical comics that I ever held in my hand, and I I've, I've read those until like mostly the pages were like grayed out and ripped. <laughs> but yeah. That's so yeah, yeah. We have we have different different experiences when it comes to like breaking into comics, but the passion is there the love is there and we're all here we're all here at the same time we're here talking about the things that we love and but regardless
1: everything's so interesting our different yeah. journey to get to this point exactly
2: that's what i love about this community
1: what about you nick what was your comic book experience growing? did you grow up in massachusetts
2: i did
0: so i grew up in massachusetts my mom was a geek loved godzilla uh loved like superhero stuff my mom was like the one who got me into it which is pretty rare i find um but yeah she was like the one who was like okay yep like x-men animated
2: show would watch that on repeat shout out to nick's mom she's like our biggest supporter of the podcast she's so yes. sweet
1: wait what's mom's name what's mom's name deborah deborah she's so nice she she wished me a happy right. birthday
2: she was like we have to celebrate in boston soon i'm like yeah we'll make like it happen <laughs> you're like deborah
0: yeah <laughs> she yeah, she loves that stuff. So anyway, uh yeah, I'd watch that. I'd watch like X-Men, Spider-Man, Toby Maguire. Oh yeah. Oh all day. All day. Oh yeah. Uh but uh also like the like Tom Jane Punisher movie, that really got me like into comics too like Shut
1: yeah up. said no one ever
0: please no one ever. <laughs> ever but i was like this is punisher like oh marvel like this movie's cool. like i thought it was awesome. I, I don't know i was like sold on it and honest knows i'm a huge punisher fan, and he knows like. i
2: hate punisher and he
0: we are so opposite so that's <laughs> the one thing like yin and yang is really yeah like, what it was. i mean we you don't know. agree on
2: everything but we're still friends you know yeah. i accept you for having your different your wrong opinion <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, oh my god, the shade. This is like Real Housewives yeah, of no, podcasts wow. right now. Wow. <laughs> so Nick, no, how do you feel uh, that Honest hates all of the characters you...
2: <laughs> no, there's, if there's one I'm thing... I'm the Danielle on... of the x of, the, yeah. of the, <laughs> the one thing that brings us closer is that we really both appreciate Jim Starlin's work and we both love Warlock. We love the cosmic side of Marvel. And that just, like, just keeps us... The only team. Yeah, we're
0: there. We're there by thread, but we're there. Yeah, we're hanging by thread. Yeah. No. Uh. Anyway, that that's pretty much what happened. And then my parents moved from Boston, and uh, this is funny. Like they they there was there's two comic shops in my town where I'm from. Super lucky. And so when we moved, like the, I I was uprooted from my school, my friends. It was really tough, and my that's parents cool. felt so bad. They felt so so bad. So like we would go to the comic shop. my parents would just be like, buy anything.
2: (laughs) Compensating. (laughs) And I would just,
0: oh yeah, they were, to this, they'll joke. They start like, yeah, we felt bad. And they just like get, they just buy my brother. And I like stacks of, like they didn't, they were like, the price doesn't matter. Just buy what you want. And that was, and so that's when I started, I started picking up issues and I'm like, huh, Colossus, this guy looks cool. Put it in a pile. Oh oh, yeah. Like spider woman. Oh, she seems kind of cool. Oh yeah. Punisher. Yeah. I, I remember him. Yeah. like, And that's. How I start, the same way as you, random issues that-
1: You become a mini archeologist and you start piecing (laughs) together all of this information and the information you find is so precious and and, and you hold it close to you. And I've said this before, I didn't know who the fuck Magma was for years. All I had about Magma was a little trading card that (laughs) said a little bio about her. And I was like, okay, I just accept that. And someone asked me, you know, who's your least favorite x Man? I was like, I don't know if I can really name. Well, I mean, I can because I fucking hate Beast. But, you know, <laughs> now, from now, now, Beast. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, apart from that, I could never tell you if I really hated a certain X character because, like, I worked so hard to get the information and find oh, out about I these, know. that discoverability, Ugh. which I do think is a little absent for today's readers i agree but yeah that discoverability was present for me growing up but so you know what question i'm gonna ask you guys next least favorite x-man oh god we're gonna start with you nick
2: can we start with ns because no I, I can't much. think of anything like my mind just went blank when you said least favorite x-man my just my mind just went worst x-man ever <laughs> <laughs> come on. Come, That's on come on i, I could what there the... are
0: x like um, I'm like going. Um, am- you can see the the okay, how about this? turning. Wait, wait, like,
1: wait, wait. Let me make it easier. How about this? Least favorite mutant. Yes, yes. That's kind of what uh, I was going for. Okay. I, I, like least favorite mutant. I don't care for Sebastian Shaw. Okay. Yeah. No. That's a fair. fair. That's, that's a, a fair one. I feel like
2: he's way too too dimensional. I like whenever he's scheming and he's plotting, that's you can see it a mile away. There's no shock factor for it to me anymore. You know, I. Sebastian Shaw's on screen or like on on the page, I'm like, yeah, shit's gonna go haywire. Like, there's, there's nothing good that's gonna come out of it. So I'm not a huge fan of Sebastian
1: Shaw.
0: Okay, that's fair. No. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. With Although that. the um,
1: the story of Marauders we did get, Car Kate Smack. That was I was that,
2: I was, yeah, that, that was, was like decades in the in the making for me. I've, I've been waiting for that to happen for so long. <laughs> did you like the Lourdes
0: issue that just came out? I really liked that in the last Marauders issue.
1: I did. Yeah, I hope we like find that. So what they're doing right now in the X office, and this has me a little weary right now because a couple months ago, I would have said, oh my God, I am so tired of the X office throwing all of these plots to the wall and seeing what sticks. After speaking with Cy Spurrier, Mm -hmm. I believe he said that the term now in the X office is called Claremontine, which is everything you do as a writer, you're doing it as well for future writers or for another writer to come Um, in and mine that 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 story so did you say this you know with with lourdes i really wanted lourdes back i actually god i used to be such a hard ass before the pandemic and now post-pandemic all i do is cry i read (laughs) you know the the hellfire gala issue the classic x-men story where lourdes Died, and then that scene between Emma and Shaw, where Emma's like, "I haven't thought about her in such a long time." I cried. I uh-huh. really wanted her to have like a big present story. I love that she's still alive. I love the story yeah. that they, they, yeah, the
0: kingpin yeah. and all yeah. this. King that King- was oh, like, okay.
1: but wait, that was Emma, you're you're li- and I maybe you guys can explain this to me. Emma literally said. I'm going to take you to a really good man. I don't know if she was being sarcastic. I don't know if Kingpin is supposed to be a good man underneath everything, but Lord has literally, literally said, "I don't want to trade in one Shaw for another." I that is my impression of Kingpin. Kingpin, that yeah. Being, that being said, I love the Netflix rendition of him, where he most certainly is not a monster in the way that Sebastian Shaw is. But is he supposed yeah. to be like that in comic books now? I, I don't, I don't follow enough Spider Man. My little brain can only take so many comic books. I don't read enough <laughs> Spider Man to know is he being portrayed? Is he being rendered as more of what we saw in the uh, Netflix series? Because then, yes, I can agree why. I'm Okay, taking Lord is there?
2: He has his moments. He does care about New York. He cares about power, obviously. But recently, in the like the latest Daredevil run, he did save Hellfire Kitchen. He did. Uh, sorry, Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> Yeah. See, this is where my mind is. My mind is can like, that argue. Argue.
1: can that be a segment on our both our podcasts? Where it's Hellfire, Hellfire Kitchen, <laughs> where we serve some steaming hot like meals? yeah, and then we get Gordon
2: Ramsay to judge it for us. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Hell's Kitchen. He did. He did help save Hell's Kitchen, and he has his moments. He's not entirely like irredeemable, but he's a pretty bad person, I would say. Yeah, he's a terrible person. Yeah, he's a, yeah. I How loved it? it. I love him. Though.
1: You loved it. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I like the whole Lourdes thing cuz um she was a character that didn't really mean much to me. I have the issue that she I read it as a kid and I was like, "Oh, like that's sad." And that's why I always kind of like had a soft spot for um Sebastian Shaw even though he was literally the worst person in the world to her, but I was like, "Okay, he's kind of interesting now. He lost this person, they go and they kill everyone in the house." I was like, "That's kind of badass." Like, yeah, yeah, I could, you know, you know, young me was like, "Damn." Um I don't know. Yeah, I guess that was yeah. I mean, I don't know. I liked it, but yeah, that's just a little thing, a little thing that, you know, that pays off as being a reader for so long. They kind of call back to stuff like that.
1: I liked it too. I mean, for the record, I liked it. I just wanted. I want to see her in the present. So I don't know. Again, I don't know if they're Claremontine or mm-hmm. if there is a larger story with her Coming. on the horizon. Right. That's that's the only thing that's been confused. But wait, did you answer who your least favorite ex?
0: No, is? I didn't. No, I didn't. Um, if I was to, I guess, or, or I, mutant or mutant. I'm yes, sorry. or mutant. Oh my gosh! I should have come prepared, knowing you would ask something like this. I know. Oh.
1: Welcome to a very shady podcast. <laughs> Oh, my God.
0: Least favorite mutant. Oh, my gosh. I'm really... Um... Can we come back to this, please? Because <laughs> I have so many that I'm always like, ah, oh, I don't like when she shows up. Oh, why is she in this book? Oh, why
1: is this...
2: I'll give you an answer okay. by the end of the podcast. Please, you put us in this spot, so it's only fair. Who is your least favorite mutant?
1: Beast. Fuck Beast. I fucking <laughs> hate beast literally oh i'm sorry dur i'm hank mccoy where did i get my phd from nowhere no one knows where hank mccoy got his phd from he just showed up one day at the avengers after they did like what a tv commercial where they're like oh anyone who wants to be an adventure comment hank mccoy of course has to insert himself because he's never met a team he doesn't want to be a part of <laughs> and literally he just shows up and he's here like i'm a geneticist like where did you get your phd no one knows show me the receipts yeah exactly yeah it doesn't check out it doesn't check out he showed up to
0: x mansion as a as hank mccoy and as a what 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 checks out 13 14
2: yeah like
1: something like that like yeah, yeah and i i know where he went he grew up in illinois he went to wherever for his undergrad sure 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 But, you know, then let's fast forward a little bit. He literally was useless during the 90s. Like he tried to find a cure for the legacy virus only to kill off zaddy colossus. I'm sorry. Like, Uh, no, no, fuck you. Like, and, and, and he should have found a better way with that. And then don't even get me started on AVX where Cyclops, you can disagree with Cyclops. Yes. But Cyclops is one motive was that he wanted to repower the mutants. He wanted that X-Gene back. He was fighting for the survival of an entire yeah. species. Mm-hmm. He does it. He activates the X-Gene in the end. Well, Hope does. I'm I'm sorry, Hope does. Hope activates the X-Gene in the end through Cyclops's work. And Cyclops is then held in a camp. And literally, Hank McCoy comes in and he goes, oh, Cyclops, you've destroyed everything for these new mutants who are emerging. And Cyclops is like, what do you mean, new mutants? Like Hank, there are more mutants. You need to tell me. And Hank, Hank begrudgingly says, "Like, yeah, you were right. There are some new mutants. Whatever." And Cyclops is so happy. And, and we talked about this. I think on on uh, Planet X Men's feed. Cyclops then goes like this because he's so happy. And like Beast can give a flying fuck about that. And then yeah. he brings back the time displaced. I oh, hate that.
0: I hate. No one likes that. That lasted
1: way too long. But those poor kids, here's the thing. You literally go to a teen gene, a girl, a, a literally a 16-year-old girl, and you go up to her and you're like, oh my God, look at you. I didn't think it was going to be this hard to see you. She got it, <laughs> asshole. She knows exactly what you mean. Now she knows she dies in the future. You just told a 16-year-old kid that they are yeah. destined to die. You traumatized and, those kids forever. Oh, and They and, were messed up. And then his greatest sin in all new X-Men, when he was here like, uh, when Jean is in his mind and she downloads the memories of everything that happened, she she's wearing the green costume and Hank is like, "This is my favorite Jean Grey costume." I'm like, "Fuck you, Hank. That is not a favorite Jean Grey costume. That is, the final is nobody's scene. favorite Jean Grey costume." <laughs> Get the fuck out. But anyways, you're, yeah, you're so. missing
0: you're missing maybe his worst sin, which is an AVX when he's literally on the side of the Inhumans and he's like, "Well, guys, you know the Inhumans." You know, they need they yeah, they need to spread the pterogen and it's killing us, but that's yeah. just
1: how it goes. And it's like And let's go to another planet. That was his solution. There's this is only someone with a Photoshop PhD would suggest <laughs> let's just move to another planet. No, Hank McCoy. No dr hank mccoy that is not feasible right now well okay, oh. i guess it is because of
0: the yeah i guess it is right yeah. i guess yeah, it is, guess it is. But,
1: so but maybe he was on to something but that to me where's that like, level plan ahead of his time yeah right. oh, oh yeah yeah like, did you just say he's ahead of his time how do i eject you here Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Eject. anyway so i'm sorry we for that rant. A new episode of geekable featuring this <laughs> <laughs> it just got deleted after i kicked you out here <laughs> yeah deleted no that's that's i
0: yeah i think we're all on the same i think everyone is pretty much on the same boat and um i was really hoping benjamin percy would um maybe change around beast a little bit and make him likable but he's still doing sneaky stuff he's still yeah. doing um, uh,
1: what he's doing right now it's
2: like abominable there's no excuse for yeah, it he's doing no some bad stuff. he's
1: just awful and then that pouch with his crotch they wore to the hellfire gala don't even
0: <laughs> yeah that was weird i i thank Por you for saying cito.
1: that Por yep thank you for no, saying no we that have angry. we have dragged him to filth here <laughs> <laughs> um oh, wait
0: my brain just my the i need you i need both of your help though um because i I'm pulling a blank on his name again. What is up with me today? It's a Monday. um
1: No, it happens to me all the time. I literally cannot even remember some things. There's a I lot to remember.
0: people like don't re- like when you're yeah when you read for this long. There's a lot to remember. Um, the
1: data pages, everything. Like oh, my my yeah, brain no. is this big, guys. Like I, I cannot, yeah, I know we have two brain things. cells fighting here. Yeah. Like, like and then work and then life and everything I literally I was with my niece the other day and I was like um. Sylvie, like, what's your yeah, name? Yep, um, <laughs> Sylvie, uh, Scarlett Johansson, out. Yeah, like, what is Scar- that? Like, my niece looked at me. and It's like, do you not like me? i like, I just don't remember <laughs> I like you. I just <laughs> don't remember your name right now. That's funny. I Soil do would that all the time. will be a heel now. Oh. That's really? funny. I'm sorry. Anyways, um, boom, yeah, boom, yeah boom. the person is, um,
0: yeah, and I need help here, but I, I will give you enough to work with. Appeared in Bendis's Run. Okay. The strongest mutant shield came, couldn't control her. Then uh, Charles put it in the back of his mind that like, you know, we saw an original sin when he died. He's like, this is my will and testament. You guys need to go and get this mutant because he's super, super dangerous.
1: That's the one that eventually killed Cyclops, right? And Um, then they had to do like a time travel story.
0: I uh, want to say yes. I, I want to say
2: yes. Uh, I love I think... how
1: you picked the most obscure character <sighs> to not like. You'll never be like, being like...
2: say that I hate without seeing anyone off. <laughs> I...
1: <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. I, I, this is actually a common one. I've heard people be like, yeah, this, this was a dumb idea. Um, But the story was just not, it just didn't make sense. It just didn't. It just wasn't. I was like this character, he like very powerful mutant. He, I'm pretty sure he's dead now and they're not resurrecting him and they've said they're not bringing him back either okay
1: yeah i i know who you're talking about i you, the story yeah. was there cyclops eventually confronted them and killed them i believe it's how the story went and then they did uh, a time travel situation where cyclops came back to life and the and they killed the character before he could okay. do what he had to do right Hang on, I'm, I'm pulling up his name as we're, we're yeah talking.
0: please please find that because that's going to bother me um my God, the character I hate, but can't remember his name. Um, and I, you, everyone will know it once we say it, because it was he was a big deal when he came up. Uh, I think this was like 2014, 2015, that long ago, huh? Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: It's been a minute. Yeah, I'm nice. looking for it. But um, OK, well, that's the character you don't. That's like. the character I don't like. And it's
0: just there was no point of having him. Right, And you know what? That, that's another thing real quick is like it's funny how like time flies when you. Talk about comics because you really recognize like how much time goes by when you're reading stuff. Like, this was like 2014, and it's like, oh my gosh.
1: I still think of Battle of the Atom when uh, Zornita mm. took off her helmet, and we thought it was like the actual Gene. And it was like, oh my God. But it wasn't. It was the time displaced Gene who got older.
0: Matthew Malloy. Ah,
1: it's right there. I would not have remembered that for the record. That is. <laughs> I oh, remember it was being organic, organic person. Person. Was it like... so... <laughs> Yeah, for folks uh... listening at home, we we Googled and then we took it from the top. <laughs> just exposing,
0: just exposing us. Yeah, oh. no, that's the one. I just there's a lot. I, just, I remember being like, this is the dumbest story, and he's too powerful to just be like this out in the open. And Charles didn't tell anyone. I'm like, uh, come on. Like, yeah, well,
1: Professor just... Xavier's a jerk.
0: Can't be amen. Yes. Can be a jerk. Iconic yes. kitty moment.
1: An yes. iconic kitty moment. Yeah, I'm looking at him right now. I'm looking at the at the issues. Uncanny X-Men number twenty three, July twenty fourteen.
0: Twenty fourteen. Yep. Twenty fourteen. Yeah. yeah. So twenty fourteen was a great year. No pandemic. No pandemic. Uh, no pandemic. I was in high school. I was a junior in high school. Oh, oh, Jesus gosh. fucking Christ!
1: I was trying to get a promotion <laughs> at
0: my job. <laughs> hey, I got a question for you. I actually have a question for you. I'm glad I just remembered to bring that you were a marvel intern i actually applied twice to be a marvel intern Mm -hmm. i didn't get it either time and then i spoke to someone who like i was like involved with that and she was like honey (laughs) like she was like it's all about it's all about what artist is like backing you to get it now
1: Mm. wow i was like yeah
0: and i was like really and she was like yeah like it's all about us paying it forward to artists like there's like a long list of like people being like hey like my nephew Hey, like, the, you know, my neighbor, Hey, this person I know. And like, it's all about who you can kind of get that's like very well known so that they can pay it forward. Marvel can pay it mm-hmm. forward to them. And yeah.
1: So well, no, I, I printed out my resume and I mailed it to Mary Sprouls, who was the head of HR. And I, I talked to um, Jesse Falcon on the foosh back in the day. And I, asked him for his blessing and I sent Mary Sprouse an email saying like hey I sent out like my resume like three weeks ago just want to confirm you got it I was talking with Jesse Falcon about all the various opportunities that a Marvel internship can bring someone I was very interested in it so I got that pretty pretty straightforward there was no one you know were you there with Donnie by chance um god I don't I don't know who Donnie is
0: (laughs) oh Donnie Cates Donnie Cates
1: oh no no no
0: you weren't okay. I was wondering because I, I was wondering if, if maybe that was the case, because that would have been funny.
1: I so I love business. I I'm a huge, huge, huge like fanboy when it comes to numbers and business models and everything. So I worked in the publishing sector. I wasn't in, in specifically the editorial. Editorial. Team. I, yeah. see. I, I see. I was technically my job was editorial, but it was more publishing business, but I wasn't an artist or or anything like that. And it was a great time. And and it was. I learned so much from that, and I took that and I went to Wizard because mm-hmm. organically, I am a writer, but I'm not. I'm not like a fiction writer. I'm not like a comic book writer. I love nonfiction. I love writing articles and essays and stuff like that. So, um, I, I took a lot of great stuff from there. But it was a great time. I that's back when they had their offices on Fifth Avenue. And, yes,
0: they went through the change two years ago, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I there was someone you. who was who sat by me i sat next to the fabulous flo who used to be stan lee's secretary and flo, flo. Was, rest yeah, in peace no. yeah rest in peace i was heartbroken she she gave me and i'll show this to you guys next time Um, She gave me a shirt from the Marvel retreat from the year before. That was a specific, you know, Marvel company shirt and a little Astro Boy pen that I still have somewhere. But Flo was wonderful to me. I worked in their publishing division. I really I was I was sort of offered a job in the end, but I went to Wizard. I went to Wizard. Mm -hmm. So that worked oh, out great. That's, <laughs> a <cool> yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a cool little origin.
1: No, that's, that's a cool. cool little origin story. But wait, okay. I have two more questions before I let yes. you you all go. One, what's one comic book everyone should read? One hey, and let me be specific. One X-Men comic book. Okay. Everyone should read past, present, whichever.
0: Oh, God loves man
1: kills. Boom. There. There.
2: Boom. X-Factor Peter David. Oh,
1: yeah. And you know what I love about the X-Factor Peter David? So- is that they were the only ones who dealt with the fallout of House of M. That's true. That's true. At the time, at the time, excuse me, at the time, that was the only book that really cared to investigate what happened to the mutants. And even it, it set the whole thing up with like Lala Miller. She was like setting the whole thing up even
2: beforehand. So it was like, yeah, it was amazing. Oh, that was such a good series. Such oh a good my series. gosh.
0: Such a good series.
2: I'm a huge fan of uh, Peter Milligan's Ecstatics. Oh, yeah. That was such like an obscure, you know, Very unique, obscure. different X-Men book. It was so funny and so dark at the same time. I, if anybody's like, interested in something like that, it's I would recommend them Ecstatics. Or, you know, it was X-Force in the beginning, but then it relaunched as
1: Ecstatics. And God Loves, Man Kills, I think, was not only the backbone for X2, but it was also one of the books that really, uh, at its time was groundbreaking with the muted metaphor and That's all true. of that
0: i mean you see like you know children die in the book you see wolverine act like actually swearing mm-hmm. you know you see so much biblical reference it will it's amazing that was that to me is like the ultimate chris claremont uh book right there i i i mean i loved every second of it i think everyone should read it. and it's a short read um, but yeah that to me I, I mean and that's probably an answer you probably hear a lot but
1: it really is like to me the pinnacle. it
0: is a quintessential,
2: word, like, quintessential x-men
1: yeah I, and i believe the ex-wife did a breakdown mm-hmm. of of that so everyone at home love make sure to i know we love yeah. justin and alicia love so much so go nice. check out their episode on god loves man kills all right final question i know precogs aren't allowed on krakoa but I'm going to ask you to put on your destiny helmet right now. Where do you want to see the X books going forward? Especially since we have trial Magneto, we have Inferno and we have onslaught revelations. Where do you guys want to see the books go? And we're going to start with you honest. Uh, Okay. I'm correct me if I'm wrong. I
2: don't, keep up with the solicitations as much as Nick does. So I don't know what's getting canceled or what's continuing. I would love to see the Marauders go and be space pirates. Wow. You know, have them be like the link between Earth and Araco. Have them, you know, be the new Star Jammers for all I care. Just, I would love to see mm-hmm. Kitty Pride back in space doing her own thing and just leading that team of space pirates. That would be so much fun for me to read. That's a hot take. Yep. That is a hot take right there. There you go. Um, The new X-Men team, I know that they've spoken that they want to do a Hellfire Gala every now and then, and they want to rotate the the team of X-Men. So I'm, as of right now, I'm not huge on this team. I love the first, the number one, but I am looking forward to seeing where they're going to go from now on in the future teams and uh, incarnations of the team. Um, who would I want to be on the roster? I'm not sure. When the whole voting thing started, Nick was so mad at me because I voted for Boom Boom.
1: <laughs> who did you vote for? Um what who did we vote for? We so we were doing generations of X at that point. And initially I wanted Sam because Sam I felt oh, at okay. the time was someone who would fall in line.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, Krokoa was full of all of these people, like Sinister, who had their own agendas and were not servicing the oh, Krokoan yeah. government. So I was like, Sam would play ball. Whether you like Sam or not, Sam would play ball. But then we got Jeremy Ratchford, who is the actor for Banshee uh, from the Generation X TV show. Wow. And so me and my then co-host, who's who's who's, who's been doing a lot of, gen, uh, excuse me, Power of X-Men episodes recently – we switched our beat to Banshee, and <laughs> I think our slogan was "There's no need to scream when Banshee's around."
2: For love Banshee. that. We
1: went, and we went to. I love Banshee. We went. We went on smearing campaigns with some of the other accounts. It was so much fun. It was- hopefully it was all in good fun. I don't take any of. The- I don't know how you no, all no, are. I- I no, don't no, take no, it no. seriously. People have literally come up to me and like, "I fucking hate Jean Grey and like, "Oh, I'm sorry if that offends you." I'm, like, I'm fine. Like, <laughs> it's an imaginary <laughs> character." I know it's
0: a <laughs> people forget.
1: People yeah, that's do. you. Yeah, it's not an attack oh, on me.
2: But... No, I love Boom Boom. I have been obsessed with her since I read her in Next Wave.
1: She is. So... I love Next Wave so. Thank much. you. Thank you. I love Next Wave. Do I have the trade here? I I, I have the trade somewhere here. I love. <laughs> ne- I want to do an episode of Next Wave. Yeah, we
2: should do an episode on and okay. X-Wave. It's such a good book. But yeah, I was like, if we get a version of Boom Boom that is like just 1% close to what she was on Next Wave, that would be a hilarious X-Men book. Okay. And so I voted for Boom Boom, and Nick was very disappointed in me. <laughs> Nick,
1: who did you vote
2: for?
0: Uh, I'm trying to think. I think I voted for Banshee. Oh, good. Um, good. Yeah, I voted for Banshee. I, I Banshee's been a badass since Phalanx Covenant. Um I mean, he was just that. I loved Banshee in
2: that so much.
1: Well, our main argument with Banshee was that Banshee came back during Necrotia and has literally said nothing. Yeah. Like, I think he said, oh, God, Emma, Scott, you know, <laughs> when he was in Necrotia, then disappeared, yep. came back during Remenders and then had a couple like cameos here and there. Yeah, he was in Matthew Rosenberg's
0: anything. like Dazzler, Banshee, Colossus, X-Men, yeah. Astonishing Expo.
1: Was that what he was called?
2: Yeah. Rosenberg, I think, was uncanny disassembled. Wait, wait was
1: Banshee he, in Astonishing?
2: He was in Astonishing X Men, yeah. Wasn't what, he? With Phantom what? X? Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Not um, but yeah,
0: no, I anyway, I voted for Banshee just because I haven't seen him be a badass in a while. I know. I like the idea of tempo, and I think Jerry Dugan wanted tempo. That's yeah, my thought. I think Jerry Dugan
1: wanted tempo. Well, Banshee and Tempo are going there. That- if I could go back in time, I would vote for Tempo. I think it makes, but here's the thing. Some yeah, of the tempo. I, I just too. assume they would give Tempo a spot because her power is practical.
0: I mean, literally,
1: it's just so prac- practical, so
0: X Men worthy, right? Yeah. Like, way more than, like, I don't know, not that I'm tossed shade, but like more than Sunfire. Like, yeah. come on, you know? I'd yeah, love, Sunfire's
2: you know. pretty bitten. Yeah. I like Sunfire, but yeah, not another, like my first choice for an X-Men.
1: But it, yeah. like, here's the thing, like, and I was saying this, like, if you're looking at, you forming an X-Men team, you do need to have certain like members fill a role. You need the smart, right. you know, scientist-y character. I you agree. need someone like blah, blah, blah. I feel like with the current X-Team, like, and I, I don't think we've officially reviewed X-Men, the relaunch on this book, or on this podcast I'm not too wild about it. I didn't think it was a really? bad issue by any, no. any means, but it didn't have that spark that Hickman's that even Excalibur, Howard's Excalibur, that Leah Williams X-Factor, like yeah. whether I liked those books at a certain point or didn't like those bo- books at a certain point, I can't argue that there was a spark with, I don't know, with the relaunch of X-Men. I was like, it's fine. I like that they have a Mecca. Like, you know, yeah. like, that was yeah, cool. yeah. And I love Gene. Jean- I'm a crazy Gene Stan. Anything yeah. with Gene, I will consume. Was okay, my you. gripe was that
2: when the day was saved the reaction was not what i expected the yeah, people yeah. were cheering i was like this is not the avengers this is not fantastic four this is not how it usually goes i thought they were gonna get blamed for what had happened not get cheered on and so i was like okay interesting they're taking the x-men in a new direction i guess people like mutants now that they're not on you know
1: I I took that because like X Men mutants whatever right now are celebrities and we've seen that in the books a little bit like every time there's a gate people are trying to take photos yeah, and stuff true. like that yeah but like it's also like a world power right now that is questioning the very existence of the human exactly. existence exactly and they're not supposed to be avengers they're not supposed to be the fantastic four maybe it's okay that people are still kind of like booing the x-men on some yeah. level i mean we saw that the uk is cutting ties with them Yeah, right now yeah. i i don't know it's i need Again, what is Claremontine and what is a story on the horizon? That that that's the that's the problem I'm having when I put on my thinking hat and I'm analyzing these stories.
0: Yeah, I agree. And and to just fully answer your question, where would I like to see the X stuff go? Simple. Whatever's gonna happen in Inferno is gonna happen. It's gonna change the X landscape forever. I truly believe that. When Hickman says things are gonna change, things are gonna change. Like he does it. And you know, that's what's exciting to me. I would love to see hickman his next thing i I don't think this will happen i would love in my little world to see him write a book about what apocalypse and genesis are doing right now off in their world give that to me not now but right now and i (laughs) will put a good writer on that now that's a book right
1: there i would actually love to read that too yeah tell me that's that's a book what about you day spring what what do i want so i think it's been hinted at that a certain redheaded pretender is coming back mm-hmm. in the hellfire gala we saw alex trying to talk to magneto yeah. about maddie yep. and that who's in the background sipping her prosecco's mystique i think <laughs> what's going to happen um Is that Mystique is going to try to resurrect Destiny? Finds mm-hmm. out that maybe the protocols for precogs are under lock and key that she can't even access. But she's going to come across the resurrection protocols for Maddie, and however she does it, is able to resurrect Maddie, and Maddie will lay waste to Inferno, or excuse me, to Krakoa mm-hmm. via Inferno. And I think eventually Destiny will be resurrected, and I think when everything is going to be hitting the fan. I think mutant relations with the rest of the world with Wakanda, because that's been hinted, hinted at, with the UK, it's going to be like a World War X situation. And just when yes. you think nothing can get worse, Destiny is resurrected and they go after Moira. And I'm like, wow. boom, right there. So you that's what I, I want.
2: I think you're onto something because this last uh, New Mutants issue did show the bunch of kids try to resurrect Scout on their own. So they may be like showing us that it is possible. If these kids can do it, then Mystique can crack the code as well. Yeah. So yeah. I think you may be onto something there. Gee, that Ooh. was that got me going. That I, was... Yeah, I'm like when you said World War X, I was like, oh my god, World War X. And <laughs> you know, I you know what? Had... coining that. You're coining it. If they end up going with that name, <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> you heard it
1: here. <laughs> or,
2: that's that's cool. I just um,
1: they didn't get what? all the precogs. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Ultimately though, I don't want I don't want to see all this go anywhere. I hope Hickman stays for like a, a dance lot run and just stays for a long yeah. time. because uh, I, mean, I just it because I messaged you about this the other day and I said, uh, you know, do you think there's a s- slight chance? Uh I, I messaged you from my personal account. You know, do you think there's a slight chance that this is the end for Oh, yeah, we talked about this. Yeah. And you were like, no way. And I was like, Whew,
1: okay. No, it would be a huge marketing push if this was the end. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like that—that's just the way they would say. What began in Hockpox will end now in Inferno. Inferno is a middle of the road story, and if they're Mm -hmm. being coy about it, I think they're being coy about it because there's a book that has yet to be announced Mm -hmm. following Inferno that Hickman's going to take over. Because yeah, I think the solicitations are only out through October. October. Yeah, Yeah. and I think Mm Inferno is supposed to be September October storytelling. So I think November we're going to get a Hickman, but Hickman has everyone under. A unified system right now, they would be so stupid. If 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 it is the end of Hickman's run, then I would say that is the worst business decision ever. I I gotta say, horrible marketing, horrible marketing.
2: I gotta say, if we're gonna get like introductions to mutants and X Men in 2023 in the MCU, they might just end Hickman's run and do like a complete relaunch just to get those MCU fanboys to read X Men comics and have them be accessible to them.
1: Oh,
2: like they did that with Guardians of the Galaxy. They did that with Inhumans. They did that with. Do you know, you,
1: do you know I, I agree wholeheartedly with you because they they have a knack of doing that. But you know, one of the, the the questions I have failed to ask and I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but I think it's something we should ask ourselves. You, make sure that we ask some of the creators and like people working at Marvel right now. How has Kevin Feige's role with Marvel editorial impacted the way they're we, producing? We asked now?
2: Kelly Thompson that. We asked
0: oh, Kelly. when we is. asked um, Way of X, Bob yeah, Quinn. Bob Quinn. Oh.
2: We asked if Yelena Belova's inclusion in the current Black Widow run was influenced by the fact that she was going to show up in the movie. Mm-hmm. And she said that they're, you know, the higher-ups know stuff about the MCU, but the, the the team of writers and the editorial doesn't really know. So yeah. they just roll it with it. They, you yeah. know, when they when she started to realizing that Yelena's gonna have a big role in Black Widow, she was like personally, she wanted to include her more in the comic book but there was never any like pull or tug in any direction, like include this character because they're going to be in a movie or a series coming up soon. So. Which I as,
0: find as, so interesting though, because you're yeah. right Anas, It lines up and it's just like, it lines up. you can't tell me this isn't on purpose.
2: You can't. Yeah. I mean, like... maybe they can't say maybe that, you know, I'm not calling her a liar. I mean, no, they... no. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah no, maybe I, she... they, they can't say. And I was more curious about what Kevin Feige's role is on the day today, but Jordan D. White said this, and I thought it was so smart, which he said like, oh, Marvel is an IP business. Mm -hmm. And in reference to Wanda not being a mutant, there was a point in Marvel's history where it was in their best interest to have the Scarlet Witch as a mutant. Then there was a point that there wasn't. Yeah, You know, how can Marvel is a business and it doesn't need to survive into the next century. So, but that's interesting that Kelly said that to you on. So did Bob. I'm curious I, I I agree probably with what you all just said right now, which is maybe they just can't say. You we know, have, there's totally got to be. I mean, we all know. There's to be some unison. There's got
0: to. I mean, hey, I don't know, but I'm not starting conspiracies over here. I'm just saying, come on, follow, follow the, come on, <laughs> follow
2: the, the crumbs, the breadcrumbs, Let's
1: follow the uh, crumbs.
2: On that note, yeah,
1: you. <laughs> both i literally this is a riot we probably started recording at five my time and or nick your time as well mm. and now we're at 7 14 p.m because it's 2 14 a.m for me go to bed how are you still awake talking he's so anyway?
0: hung over too i hate i hate this. <laughs> he's yours i'm looking at you sometimes and i'm just like is anyone home
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i had a big party last night and I'm still recovering, but I nursed my hangover all day so I can be here for this and be present because I'm so excited about this episode and being on the, you know, power of X-Men. It's, Honestly, just oh my like, gosh,
1: I, I thought I was only oh. going to be on yours. I didn't know this was going to be like a huge crossover event and now I'm like, so it excited. Is, is, is a crossover. Is this a crossover? I would have I would have like fixed my hair for you. For you <laughs> both. Like, like, hey, geekable. Like, <laughs> welcome to my room. <laughs> you both I just want to say, I want to reiterate the amount of energy, the amount of talent you've brought to the podcast scene. Like it is a breath of fresh air. I love your podcast Thank you so much. So much.
2: That really that means a lot. I, coming oh on, my like, gosh! I know that we've, really does. It, yeah, we said it. You are the algorithm. Yes, you, you're the model.
1: I was looking at like my like suggested things. It's like friends. It's like Sex in the City. It's like all these like dank memes and like McDonald's. I get served McDonald ads all the time because I love chicken Tendies and I'm always on Uber Eats oh, trying yeah. to get McDonald's. It is. You guys are being way too nice because I see what you all are doing and it is. It's. It, it feels like you all have been around. Four years at this point
0: that's so nice because you know what we really do work hard and we we put a lot of energy into it. Yeah. so it really that
2: really means a lot we it launched really less than three months ago and like i'm i'm personally don't know i didn't expect this to be a thing like when we went into it i told nick like we're not gonna have high expectations we're doing this for the fun of it because we both right. enjoy talking about comic books we're not gonna have expectations and now we're like we're plotting, like I'm, i am got, I've got a roadmap. I'm plotting the next year, 2022. Two. Yeah. I'm like, we've been talking about like, what are we going to do? We need to come back with a bang for 2022 and do something bigger and bolder and stronger. So it's getting, yeah, it's getting I'm, I'm really happy with where we're at right now and we're cultivating a, you know, a followership and a listenership. And we're so proud of that. We're so happy.
0: Yeah. And you know, power of X-Men, you know, I say it all the time, but it's just, you're the stuff you put out. It's just next level. You're always getting people engaged, always getting people to interact with you. Um, you know, you, you just, it's just, you have the best reputation too. Everyone ah, loves you. We, you know, we literally, we literally we everyone talk. Loves you. oh yeah, we all talk like, you know, it's just, you're the kindest soul and we really, <laughs> but no, it's been fun we've really enjoyed we got to this will be
1: a thing
2: again oh it has to be a thing oh, oh yeah
1: well you to that. i no, i'm holding you all to that let's <laughs> let's plan. i'm a planner too i already have things planned through december and oh, i'm wow. sure you do I am, I am just i can't believe i had you both on Power of X Men, I love Geekable so much, and I know people in this community love you as much as well. But for those who probably haven't joined your orbit yet, <laughs> where can folks at home find you all? We are at on Instagram at Geekable underscore podcast, and we are
2: on almost every streaming platform. We're on Spotify or on Apple. Just look us up; you'll, you'll find us there. We're just we're Geekable, easy. Rememberable, I don't know. Memorable, just look us up. It's on? 2 a.m. and you're hungover. Well, am, you, I'll give you a pass. I am rememberable. I am not. <laughs> but this was a very rememberable night. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're owning it now. I love that. You're yeah, just yep. owning it. yep This
1: is, yeah, this is a very memorable moment. Yes. I- <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wait.
2: Mika no Score podcast, check us out if you will. Uh we're always looking for feedback and we're trying yeah. to grow and improve yeah. our content. And so we're open to any opinions, yes. whether
1: negative or positive. What uh, exciting is there any exciting episodes that you can tease for some of your fans uh-huh. right here? <laughs> what 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 can we anticipate that's coming down the pipeline?
2: Okay, so if you're a fan of any indie comics and you've checked out Crowded, which is a very, very big indie hit, we are currently in talks of having Christopher Sabella on our show, and we're also in talking to Juan Ferreira, who worked on a bunch of uh, Marvel titles recently as as recent as Thunderbolts, and who's also going to be hopefully on our show very soon.
0: Who Who we had before, but the audio did not work out. So, <laughs> so we are back with a vengeance and yeah but we're that's, hoping to make, yeah yes so if you love comics if you love media you know comic related stuff like that please give us a follow um you know power of x event thank you for hosting us
1: no truly, thank honestly, you for truly. doing the first part of this crossover event <laughs> It truly was an event. <laughs> it really was. It was fun. <laughs> All right, guys, as always, I am the uncanny Day Spring signing off.